welcome to a new episode of the brand called you today we have an iconic manager a good friend someone who i have known for many years manoj kohli manoj welcome to the show thank you manoj is uh, has a degree in commerce law and is an mba from delhi university he worked for dcm sriram honeywell and escotel then he was managing director of bharti enterprises he's currently the executive chairman of sb energy and he is a much awarded and recognized individual globally manoj delighted to have you on the show you have accomplished a lot in the last four decades before we get into your journey in bharti and sb energy talk to us a little bit about your early professional career and some of your learnings early days were very very exciting mm-hmm. and uh, i started when i was 20 just out of shiram college and uh, i was posted to sugar mm-hmm. sugar division of dcm shira dorala and yeah. moana and in those days you know dorala and moana were the biggest sugar mills of the country they were the first people to make sugar cubes absolutely and and it was very exciting huge amount of learning mm-hmm. so i would say first 10 years 20 to 30 was huge learning every day and i i loved it i also decided that not only i'll work hard but also i will study alongside so i studied law i studied did a diploma and something and then i did mba so i studied for about 7 8 years mm-hmm. uh, and so while you were while i was working so because i started working at 20 when i just came out of shri ram college so uh, because we are middle class people financially not that strong and i felt that i need to start work correct correct and then when did you move into the telecom space i uh, first about 16 years i was in dcm shriram which was a long time not many people stay that long um but i worked at various places i worked in sugar as i said chemical works kota which is a fertilizer company in calcutta then hyderabad which is a refrigeration company so i had multi multifarious it was not 16 one year one okay. it was it broken up into five parts maybe. and multiple businesses multiple businesses multiple fantastic exposure i really want to thank all my gurus in shriram taught me so much well they always said that the dcm uh, management yeah. training program yeah was one of the best in the country in it those was, days it was and 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 not only the program but you know the care they take yeah. about you about your learning and how you adapt and all that so i really so after i finished the 16 years which is more manufacturing mm-hmm. i felt that there is a need to change mm-hmm. and luckily the uh, economy was opening up 91 92 yeah. and this was 95 when i decided and uh, i got many many options from tata and many other good companies but when i got telecom and i remember mr rajananda asking me because he offered me i mean great man yep. no more there but he asked me he said either you take over tractors or you do jcb mm-hmm. or you do telecom and then he <laughs> he, he 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 just walked away we went to the washroom and then he came back and he said what's your decision hmm. 
Ça, c'est le Il dit, why? Uh, you don't know anything about it. Mm. I said, exactly. Mm. I don't know anything about it. Okay. And I want to know, I want to learn from ground zero. Mm-hmm. So that's why I changed to Telegram. Okay. Because the, the, my, my basic ethos of life is about learning. Correct. Uh, and, and now as I get older, sorry, I don't mm. want to call myself old, but <laughs> as I get older, yeah. uh, it's not only learning, it's also unlearning. Because brain has certain capacity to learn, and if you don't throw out yeah. old or obsolete data, then learning becomes slow. Yeah. So I constantly throw out obsolete data. That's very, very sensible. And you know, 1995 were very heady days for telecom. I think the best talent in this country moved into, into telecom. Yeah, I think telecom is a very, very... I mean, I'll say it's, it's my... I loved it. Of all the sectors I worked in, it's my first love. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, you know, telecom involves everything. Yeah. It is really 360. As you study in your management mm-hmm. books, it has marketing, it has branding, it has government, it has huge funding, it has uh, deep distribution, it has deep network building, it has deep IT building. It has, uh, you know, IT is a huge investment. So it has everything, yeah. and and as a general manager or as an MD, if you don't take care of one or two out of these seven, eight key success factors, then you can slip. So it's you need to balance yourself between all these key success factors. You know, I used to be an ITC in in the mid nineties, and I used to often wonder how something as mundane as a utility, which BSNL and MTNL had been plodding along with was completely changed as such an exciting business when all of you entered. Yeah, so today, I think the industry has made it into the most exciting industry. And Mm -hmm. if you see more than a billion mobile phones, Mm -hmm. out of it, 400 million smartphones. And you know, the most uh, deep thing which we did was that India has 6.4 lakh uh, villages. And Airtel went to more than 5 lakh villages. And I led this rural drive, and I personally may have visited maybe a lakh villages personally. One lakh villages. No other FMCG people have visited because I I had to build towers there, I had to open shops there, I had to get where will diesel come from, who will work in these shops, and work sit with panchayat, you know, uh, have have tea and smoke yeah, with yeah, them, yeah, yeah. <laughs> organize. So it was fantastic. And must have shown you a part of India you would never have wanted. Absolutely. And, and not many managers. I, and I went because I felt that as a leader, I need to actually show the way mm. to my managers. Because normally a lot of managers, especially coming from multinationals, they hesitate going out of urban yeah. areas. And uh, I think companies like uh, Unilever, Nestle, ITC have done a great job. Yeah. Yeah. So we basically followed mm. these companies and finally... We went ahead of FMCG companies. Absolutely. So, you know, let's fast forward to today and, you know, we'll come to your uh, leading Airtel in a little while. But, you know, when you started the business, it was something which became really exciting and glamorous. 25 years later, 20, 25 years later, is the business getting commoditized again? 
with just three players left and uh, what is happening in this business now? No, business has gone through a huge regulatory catharsis mm -hmm. and uh, I think the balance which every industry should have in terms of on one hand consumer affordability and other hand financial viability of the industry, the balance is lost somewhere. Okay. I mean, it's so important mm -hmm. because if you don't balance this, Correct. I mean, you can't run after only consumer affordability yeah. or you can't run after only financial health of the industry. Mm -hmm. You need to balance between the two. And I think this didn't get achieved because of many reasons. And that's why industry went down. But I think the bottom is behind us and the industry is coming back. I feel in the next couple of years, industry should be back, back to health. And India doesn't need, frankly, more than three players. I mean, that's enough. And right. three players have to work, work hard to get deep into Indian uh, nation, every cult, every village, every city, every deep indoor coverage with 4G and now 5G is coming up. And they have to also invest hugely into new technologies, not only in license fee, but also in networks. So I'm saying three is the right number for India. I think it will not be commoditized. It is commoditized today because of very, very low, this is lowest tariffs. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. lowest tariffs in the world. It is to some extent commoditized, but you will see as data becomes bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. uh, there will be differentiations in content, there will be differentiations in data, because the business is becoming content Correct. and data. Correct. So that's an interesting segue into my next question. You know, from the BSNL, MTNL to the incredible transition in mobile voice, and today, it's not voice, but it has transitioned to data. What has caused this uh, transition to data? I mean, even the Prime Minister spoke about yesterday in New York, and data is the new gold rush. I will say a combination of technology plus consumer need. Okay. The technology going from 2G to 3G to 4G and now 5G has moved away from voice and gone towards data and content. Mm -hmm. So today, if you see the Western telcos, in Europe, US, China, Japan, their, their proportion of usage and revenues from data is far higher than voice. Actually, there are places where making voice calls is very, very low. Very low. India still has high, high proportion of voice, voice calls. Call. But you will see in the next five to ten years, voice calls will come down dramatically. Data will go up dramatically. Content will go up dramatically. And that's happening already. Correct. India's content usage or data usage is maybe the highest in the world, even bigger than really? higher than US. So already it's moving, mm -hmm. but voice is also high. So I feel that change will happen sooner than later. Then help me understand. I mean, you know, for all the thousands of people who listen to us and will be listening to you very carefully, uh, when you say data is the new oil, where will all this uh, value be coming from? I mean, you know. How will data be able to generate money for people? Data is already generating huge money. Okay. And uh, I feel this hunger for data of a normal consumer is humongous. Mm -hmm. There's so much hunger. The utilization by even a villager, mm -hmm. leave alone an urban guy, is so high. Which means he really is hungry, he or she is hungry for videos, hungry for data, hungry for e-commerce, um, hungry for 
internet usage, mm -hmm. uh, searches, I am seeing huge change in consumer behavior. Okay. Uh, small towns, are the housewives are going towards online shopping. Mm -hmm. and, and online shopping is really building up dramatically. And that's it. How apps are made, how friendly they are, how simple they are, how uh, a person who's not very educated mm -hmm. is able to utilize it and make order, send payments, okay. receive payments. I'm saying it is fantastic. And life is becoming so simple. You know, in one phone, in one instrument, you got hundred services. Correct. And uh, and and many many other sectors are becoming obsolete. For example, camera. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there's so many other sectors like that which are becoming obsolete because this one instrument mm -hmm. device has everything. Correct. And consumer finds it very very mm -hmm. useful. So so data per se it will be the biggest output mm -hmm. of this device. Mm -hmm. Because the consumer is hungry and the technology is fantastic. And it's creating a whole new set of jobs. Absolutely. Which completely so future, future job scenario mm -hmm. will be much less brick and mortar and much more content, data, right. e-commerce. Mm -hmm. And that's happening. India is seeing that transition now. Yeah. So one more question on uh, your telecom journey before we move to your energy journey. You know, you led Airtel in Africa. And Africa is now being seen as the next uh, set of tigers in the world. Tell us a little bit about your experience in Africa and what do you think of that as a market? Africa will be a huge market. Africa in terms of the population will be bigger than China and India. Africa as a land mass is also bigger than China and India. Correct. So that, you're right, that's the next frontier. Mm -hmm or the final frontier of the world. Okay. Uh, when we went, uh, Airtel went to Africa, uh, we acquired uh, Zen for $10.7 billion acquisition. And we had 17 countries. So when I shared with Sunil that I would like to go, he was a bit surprised <laughs> because I was already uh, doing well in yeah. India. And he said, how will you, how will you, leave India and how will we, you adapt to Africa. So I said, my mind actually only looks at future, doesn't look at past. So maybe it'll take me a day or two to move into future. And then I'll cut it off very clinically and just would look at future and Africa. So I learned a lot in Africa. I was there for about four years and uh, built huge amount of uh, new initiatives. We build a brand called Airtel, which is zero yeah. there. So yeah. I think today if you go to Africa, you can exactly. Airtel everywhere. Absolutely. Uh, we build new networks from 2G into 3G and 4G now. We build new relationships with government and of course distribution and of course many other stakeholders. Mm -hmm. uh, the only issue which 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 has been my biggest learning in mm -hmm. Africa is that the market and the consumer behavior is very, very different from India. And maybe that is the only... And what would the difference be? Miscalculation I may have made when I went there. The elasticity of demand in India 
for a telecom customer or a mobile customer is more than one. Okay. Which means that if you reduce a tariff by 10 pesa, within three months or so, you will get higher usage okay. for more than 10 pesa. Which means you get back yeah. 10 pesa, it could be 11, it could be 12. In Africa, we did all these pilots in various countries and it didn't happen. Okay. And that actually was something which I miscalculated. Mm. <laughs> or was a new learning? Was a new learning. Yeah. And you always go through such experiences yeah. in life. So therefore, it was, it's a different place and it's a different uh, continent. Yeah. But a very exciting continent. Every country in Africa. And like you visited 100,000 villages here, how many of the countries did you visit in Africa? No, about 25 countries, 17 wow. were Airtel countries and there were another four, five, six countries where we wanted to go into. But each country is so unique, like right. India, each yeah. state is so unique. So Nigeria, for example, was our biggest market, a very tough market. Congo was our second biggest market, again, a very tough market. Uh, then there were eight Francophone countries, mm -hmm. so I used the French I learned in school, so okay. I learned a bit of French, so I used it there. And there were nine Anglo countries, mm -hmm. English countries. So fantastic experience. I, I, I am, in retrospect, very happy that I took that decision. Fantastic. But now Africa, uh, the present team which took over yeah. from me, is doing an outstanding job. Yeah. Today, uh, Airtel, in terms of margins, etc., the best in Africa, um, doing very well. So, it has taken longer, correct? but finally it has turned around. Okay. So, Manoj, moving to your new role in energy. Uh, you are the executive chairman of SoftBank Energy and you are going to be investing $20 billion in solar energy. Um, tell us about what is happening in the energy sector in India, more so in the renewable energy sector. Okay, let me tell you the where it started. Okay. When I completed 20 years in telecom, I felt a need for change. Okay. Not that telecom was bad, mm. but, but because I felt that uh, need to refresh myself and for the next 20 years, do something else. Correct. Do something new, do something fresh, yeah. do something which will have runway mm. of next 20 years. Correct. So, I studied about 10-12 sectors and I found renewable energy as the only sector which which actually passes that criteria. Okay. And then as luck will have it, uh, we met Masa. Mm -hmm. And Masa and Sunil are great friends. Mm -hmm. And Masa said, I had met uh, PM Modi in Tokyo and I promised 20% of his goal, mm -hmm. 20 gigawatt out of 100 gigawatt. So, but I need somebody to lead this business. So, Sunil and me fortunately had discussed this for last earlier two mm -hmm. three months, and 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 because I was doing some research, I went to US. I visited largest solar plants of the world, largest wind plants of the world, and I loved it because not only it's a new industry, but also it's good for society, mm -hmm. and that's what I wanted to wanted to do. So yeah. I was the so it was. I think we shook hands and I think it was, I was the first employee in this okay. company. Okay. So, so building it from ground zero, yeah. I think is the most exciting I thing. Can imagine. And a lot of managers, I, I, I don't know why, they feel a bit scared mm -hmm. because they're used to 
huge company, huge setup, yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. But I, on the other hand, I feel great that I start from zero and then brick by brick build a new Fantastic. business, a new model, a new culture, everything. So, so it's been nearly four and a half years. Mm -hmm. It's been a fantastic time of learning and unlearning of a lot of things yeah. I knew yeah. for the last 40 years. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that the future, and I'm talking about next 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. future energy transformation is going to be the biggest transformation in the world. Okay. It is number one transformation in the world. There is another transformation which is happening, which is in the transport sector, where IC engine is going to EV. Mm -hmm. So that also is kind of very deeply linked to energy sector because yeah. cars will run on power, Correct. on energy. Correct. So, so therefore this composite transformation of energy sector going from fossil to renewable and transport sector going from IC to EV, yeah. I think this is the biggest transformation. So, I feel very blessed that I'm part of this journey. Uh, India, uh, thanks to our Prime Minister, is, is one of the leaders in the world. We are number two in the world after China. We're actually, I'm sure, going ahead of US. Uh, PM Modi is very, very passionate yes. about this. Very yes. passionate about this. Yes. He, he really put <laughs> goals. Actually, two days back at UNO in, yeah. in New York, he gave a new goal of 450 gigawatt mm. for renewable energy. He's formed this International Solar Alliance yeah. along with the President Macron. Yeah. He, both of them are leading it jointly. So basically, he wants to have India lead this change, not only in renewable energy, but also in electric vehicles. Interesting. So these two are very, very important okay. for our children and grandchildren because they need to go to the park to play in the evening. And breathe fresh It's so important yeah. for them yeah. to have clean air. So I was reading somewhere, they say that by 2040, India's mm -hmm. energy needs will be greater than that of the US. Will we be on track to be able to generate so much by then? No, generation is not a problem. Okay. I think India has enough sunshine, mm -hmm. enough wasteland, mm -hmm. enough wind to do all this. Okay. So I don't think generation will be a problem. Okay. The problem will be, and that also may not be a problem finally, problem will be economic growth. Mm -hmm. If we sustain economic growth, seven percent or eight percent a year then power generation renewable energy generation will not be okay the government policy is already we are close to about 80 gigawatt now for wind and solar the government policies are evolving there are some issues here and there which we are resolving maybe another year or two it will be all fine but i think renewable energy will will happen on the back of economic growth so I don't think renewable energy will be a stumbling block. It will actually be a catalyst. Okay. That's very interesting. The big issue in renewable energy though, mm -hmm. is that today it is cheaper than coal, much cheaper than coal. Uh, the, 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 the national average of tariff today is about three, three rupees 50 pesa. Mm -hmm. And renewable energy is around 250, 260, 270 in that range, mm -hmm. which means it's nearly it's a rupee yeah. cheaper yeah. than national average. But it is not 24 by 7. Mm. It is not round the clock. So storage is an issue. So storage is the only issue. And storage is an issue because of affordability. Today storage is expensive. It is about 8 to 10 rupees per unit. 
which is not affordable for India. So it seems that from all the discussions I've had with technology guys, mm -hmm. they'll take four to five years at least, which means by 23, 24, storage should be within three rupees. The moment storage becomes within three rupees, then with solar and wind already being affordable, we can offer a round-the-clock service from renewable energy, okay. which will compete with all other base load of thermal or nuclear or whatever. And then I think the real race will start. Okay. And real transition will start then. Okay. Today it's pre-transition, I okay. understand. So, you know, you saw telecom transitioning from very high prices to huge amount of competition to now three players. Do you see something similar happening in energy? Absolutely. Because there's so many players you in know, energy today. Just like telecom. Yeah. So, so initially, you're going to have 50 players mm -hmm. or 100 players. Finally, sustainability of these players will be tested. And I think because this is a large capital intensive, intensive sector mm -hmm. and you need a patient capital, mm -hmm. which means you need long-term capital. You don't need a short-term three Correct. years, five years capital. Correct. You need 20 years, 25 years Correct. capital. And even the debt is 20 years. So, so I think many companies, just like in telecom, will fall by the wayside. Yeah. Many companies will consolidate, consolidate become yeah. bigger. Yeah. Uh, that that transition will happen. Very interesting. So, Manoj, now a few questions about you personally. You know, um, you've been such a successful executive. You know, professional, reached the peak and two different major companies or two major segments seen as an industry leader. What is the reason for the success or the secret of the success? No, there's no secret. Actually, you know, you can't have secret for success. <laughs> I, I feel that what my parents taught me is coming true. And that's what I'm teaching my... I have two girls, so I teach my daughters the same. It's 3H. Okay. It's honesty. Correct. Hard work. Humility. So if you do these three things consistently as a good habit, you succeed. Okay. Honesty, hard work, humility. That's the three very interesting words. Thank you. A question that I ask a lot of my guests, uh, in fact, all my guests, because, you know, a lot of younger people are watching this and they just assume someone mm -hmm. as successful as you probably hasn't had any failures. The question I ask everybody is, tell me your biggest learning from your biggest failure. Many failures. <laughs> any failure you know, that you want to fail. If somebody says that it hasn't had failure, I think it's definitely a lie. Yeah. Huh. It's a lie. Because I feel that either you can become a bank clerk, Sorry, I'm, I'm, with you. I'm, I'm not demeaning anyone. No, anything. no, no, I'm with you. I understand. And take no have, risks. Uh, no risk. Yeah. You steady life, yeah. 9 yeah. to 5, yeah. steady, and basically then you retire. Yeah. So that's one option you have. Other option is that you take risks in life. Of course, not stupid risks, but reasonable risks, calculated risks. And if 70-80% of the risks come true in terms of success, and maybe 20% don't come true and, and you don't succeed, mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. 
because you're not God, you can't do hundred. Mm. Nobody can do hundred across the world. I mean, even Alexander was the greatest warrior in the world, yeah. he had failure. Yeah. Failure is good. I feel we have to love the failure, we have to embrace the failure, we have to pick up huge learning from the failure. Mm. And actually, failure is the reason for long-term success. Correct. Because a lot of times people avoid failure. I don't know why, you shouldn't avoid. Because when you come out of the failure, you're stronger. You're more determined, you're more committed to success. Yeah. So, I've had many, but as I was telling you about Africa. Now, I don't consider that as failure, but it, it was kind of a partial success. Mm -hmm. Because maybe we went into that journey with huge optimism. And when we came out, we were not that successful as we wanted to be. So, to that extent, so there's a lot of learning. I think uh, if I have to go back and pick up that journey again, I would be far more focused mm -hmm. and far more rigorous and far more customized, okay. country by country. Mm -hmm. And I would, I'm sure we would have had bigger success if I had done that. So, so there's a lot of learning from that. So, Manjuman, last question to you. Um, for a young 20-year-old starting out like today as a professional manager, you already said um, the, your 3H philosophy is important to succeed. Yeah, yeah. What else would you ask them, give them as advice for success? Yeah, so, so. Firstly, young people are very, very lucky. I really envy them. Because when we started, it was a different scenario. Completely different. Today, it's a very different scenario. Yeah. The environment is far more enabling. Yeah. But also the environment is far more competitive. So both ways. It, it's tough. It's easy and tough. And uh, hence, if you're good, you will succeed. So, I just have two sets of advice mm -hmm. for young people. One, that their focus has to be very acute on what they want to do in the first 10 years. So, 20 to 30, you need to do one thing and have deep domain expertise mm -hmm. to be achieved at the age of 30. Okay. So, rather than do, do too many things, be generalist, etc. Do one thing, deeply go deep, understand knowledge, experience, struggles. And by the time you're 30, you should say, yes, I know this. I, I have a domain expertise. And the world will respect you. The world will look at you differently. Sure. Which is very important. And, and what you select yeah. is, is your own choice. I mean, right. in the sense, what you love to do, that is what you should select. Because if you love to do it, then you will excel in it. So that's first. Second is balance. Okay. Now, this is very sensitive subject. Because I observe lot of youngsters around me not being balanced. And when I say balanced, I feel that, you know, I have this story about five balls, where one is a rubber ball and four are glass balls. So, rubber ball is your profession and business or whatever you're doing. And if you fail and if you're good, you'll bounce back. For sure, you'll bounce. Correct. If you're not good, that's another point. But Correct. if you if you're good, you'll bounce back. Correct. Other four balls are glass balls. So it is family, mm -hmm. and you need to spend time. Yeah. Because family is your foundation. Correct. 
Second is friends. Friends are people who really give you the most honest feedback about where you're right and where you're wrong. You need friends. Mm -hmm. Of course, you need friends for relaxation, but also for feedback. Okay? And they'll tell you on your face, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Many other people won't tell you, yeah. they'll be diplomatic. Yeah. Third, your health. Mm -hmm. And I, I see a huge amount of uh, weak health, or poor health. People don't take care of themselves, they're not fit, they have blood pressure and diabetes yeah. and this early on, but even by 35, many managers have it. Absolutely. So they have to take care. They have to be very, very fit. Like I spend an, more than an hour every day on my fitness. Yeah. It's so important to do it. And last but not the least, your attitude, mm -hmm. your spirit. Correct. Do you see glass half full or half empty? And glass is always half full. Because you start with half full and you can make it full full. Mm. So I'm saying it is your challenge mm. to make it full. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, to, to, to be optimistic, to be hopeful in life and really create new things through your attitude, through your good positive spirit, happy spirit yeah. is very, very important. So this balance between this rubber ball yeah. and four glass balls. And now I see the problem is that the focus is far more on the rubber yeah. ball and <laughs> the focus on glass balls. So glass balls are falling yeah. and, and cracking yeah. and rubber ball, they don't want that to fall. Yeah. It's not a good news. Even if rubber ball falls, doesn't matter, it will bounce back. But if glass balls fall, if the family has a problem, if the health has a problem, then you are… Actually, it's a permanent loss. So, so focus on one deep thing become a domain expert, expert and keep a balance and save your four glass balls. Fantastic. Manoj, thank you very much. I think your words of wisdom are absolutely incredible. A lot of people will hear you and I'm sure will write back to us on the fact they really enjoyed hearing you. Thank you again for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You podcast. Be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation, access show notes and discover fantastic bonus content. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Simply search for the Brand Called You. Thank you and see you next week.